My name is Claudia Pribola, the Chief Operating Officer at the New Jersey Elder Law Center at Goldberg Law Group. In my role as COO, I am confronted daily with families in need, in need of attention, resources, and a plan. These families all have one thing in common, and they may not even know it. They all seek the one thing that their senior members can provide them, and that all parents might provide their children and grandchildren. They're looking to maintain their legacy. My name is Clelia Pergola, and I am here to focus on your legacy. Micheline Davis, welcome. Micheline Davis, she has been named among the 25 most influential minority leaders in healthcare in the nation by Modern Healthcare Magazine, Becker's Hospital Review Top 50, and Top 65 African Americans to Know in Healthcare for her public health center track record of policy successes. Micheline Davis is the new president and chief executive officer of National Medical Fellowships. Ranked in the top 10 on the Healthcare Power 50 and top 100 in business by the NJ Biz, Ms. Davis is a top political influencer in the state of New Jersey, as named by business and political publications, and heralded as the state of New Jersey's top lobbyist in the healthcare industry. She was also named as one of the top 25 most influential Black women in business by the Network Journal. Miss Davis is also active in civic engagement in the local and the global community. Nationally, she serves on the boards of the Democracy Collaborative and the Root Cause Coalition and on the Health Anchor Network founding design team, Root Cause Coalition National Advisory Board and United Way Alice National and Building Healthy Places Advisory Councils. Globally, she is a member of the Board of Directors of the International Black Women's Public Policy Institute. She is the President Emeritus of Executive Women of New Jersey, the state's premier organization for senior level executive women in business. I need to learn more about that. Chair of Academic Affairs for the Joint Board of Rutgers Rowan Universities treasurer of the New Jersey Performing Arts Center Women's Association and is on the boards of the New Jersey Women Lawyers Association, Rutgers Institute for Women's Leadership, New Jersey Bipartisan Coalition for Women's Appointments, Caucus Educational Trust, and the New Jersey Legislative Black Caucus Foundation. I don't know how you sleep at night. Um, Ms. Davis, I did not know this about you. I don't know why. So I'm going to have to learn a little bit more about you, obviously, is she has a legal career as a trial litigator. She's an honors graduate of Seton Hall University and holds a JD from Seton Hall School of Law. She holds executive education certificates in corporate social responsibility from the Harvard Business School and in social impact strategy from the Wharton School of Business. Okay. I, I feel like you have lived like three lives and that, that's only half your bio, by the way. Just, I just wanna let everybody know this, okay? I mean, I'm personally exhausted. 
I'm exhausted too. As you were talking about um, all of the boards, I was like, oh, I meant to resign from that one. Yeah, yeah. No, um. <laughs> How do you do this all? Oh, well, you know what? I, I think two things. One, right? Um, uh, I think that we all do um, what we make a priority, right? That's one thing. Two, I was super fortunate in my career. Um, you know, now I'm, I'm uh, the president and CEO of National Medical Fellowship, but prior to that, I was an executive vice president and chief corporate affairs officer for the largest academic medical center system in the state of New Jersey. And an aspect of, of that role really requires a lot of external engagement as well, right? And so some of those roles, uh, even on those boards, were actually directly tied to my day job. Um, and so it was that that was a super helpful aspect of it. And so I, I will definitely send you a, an updated bio um, at some point. <laughs> Because trust me, I, I am actually in the midst of coming off of several of them. I'm trying to move this so that your lighting is a little bit better. Okay, is that better? Um, it's so, like so you're that, an angel, Michelin. Well, there is that. I was like, my <laughs> halo is showing. And every once in a while, it's a little too bright. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what I love? I love the fact that you're so authentic. And like I said, that was half your bio, but that you've achieved so much. And number one, that you look at it from a perspective of, well, it's part of my day job. <laughs> like that's still a lot to accomplish. Number <laughs> one. Okay. But that you also are real and say, yeah, I don't sleep at night or yeah, I'm running around like that you over inflate the, um, work that went into it to make it more real for people that they, you know, that they can accomplish it all. So I think that's beautiful. Thank you for that. I, I, I will tell you this. I, I don't know where we get off um, ever making it all seem like, um, you know, uh, <laughs> to quote uh, the queen Beyonce, um, I woke up like this, I, right? I did not wake up this way. And so as a result of that, um, I think it's just more helpful to be more real. And I don't, I don't do well with um, falsifying anything, especially not life experience. Um, life is hard. You and I were just talking about that before uh, uh, we started recording. And, and so as a result of that, um, you know, I, I, it, it's just easier for me to show up authentic, uh, authentically. Um, I also think that to be completely candid, um, while I was doing a lot of this, my head was down and I was just doing the work, right? So I wasn't even thinking about um, someone said that to me when I was running the New Jersey Lottery. It's a $2.4 billion corporation. I was the youngest in the nation. And they were like, you know, that was really so. And I, it was so funny because I looked at them, I was like, I was just trying to make it day to day. Like, I, I don't even, <laughs> I, I don't think there was ever a day where I looked at them and were like, yeah, you know, you're doing it, girl, which I encourage folks to do. It's just not my thing, right? So when I became treasurer, like I look back on it because when you are um, uh, the CEO of the lottery, everyone's happy to see you. They always think that you've got a big $300 million check in your pocket for them. But when, we, when you become the state treasurer, nobody wants you coming because they're like, you're the reason why my taxes are high. No, no, it's not me. It's your legislature, <laughs> right? So it, it's super funny. Um, so, so yeah, I was just always, my head was down doing something that I cared about or something I was passionate in um, or, or something that quite frankly was part of the job, right? And so we all want to achieve excellence. That's, that's, that's the truth, especially women, right? I feel like we are always oh. trying to prove ourselves. We are always trying to 
to accomplish something or overcome something or have somebody else overcome it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, it's interesting. I think as women, we're super, super, super fortunate about the fact that we have um, uh, like almost like a, a, a genetic empathetic gene one for another, right? We understand when the, the mother dealing with, you know, the crying two-year-old and the newborn is, is on her hip and, you know, she's in the middle of the store and, you know, the, the, there's a there's a meltdown that's about to, to happen and she's embarrassed, but we walk up to her and we're like, no, please do not be embarrassed, yeah. right? They all need to understand everybody else in this store has been two years old before, deep breath, right? Yeah. There's something just about that, that, you know, we really need to lean more into because that that's an aspect of, of your superpower as a woman, right? That's not a weakness. Absolutely. Empathy is one of the greatest leadership skills of all time. Absolutely. You know, I don't understand why. So we, I run a caregiver support group and it's not this like go around like the room and, you know, we do it virtually, but go around the, the so-called room and, you know, say your name and I'm a care. It's like, Whoever wants to speak just speaks. You could just be on there and not speak. It's just so people could understand that there's other people that are going through what you're going through. And uh, Monday's meeting, it was, we were just telling each other like how fabulous we were, even though we felt like a disaster. So like everybody would go around and say an experience that, frankly has turned some people into tears and we were just like you are killing it like you are doing a good job and at the end I said I felt amazing and I don't understand why we don't have more rah-rah in these organizations you know I'm part of an, an event committee for the Alzheimer's New Jersey and we are doing a gala I hopefully our gala is as successful as yours was last night. And thank you so much. I get, I get on. And sometimes we're talking about, you know, how much more we have to do and like the skepticism around the event and what we have to accomplish instead of saying, you know, what you've done thus far is enough or it's, you're doing a great job. Thank you. Because I think, by you saying you're doing a great job, people automatically think like your job is over. But for me, and I'm sure you're this type of person, when you say you're doing a great job, I want to do even more. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, let me just say thank you so much for for the, running a caregiver support group. I, I, I will tell you, um, and, and I, I am not ashamed to say this. I I was in the middle of my mother's doctor's appointment. It was my mother's doctor's appointment last fall and her physician who is fantabulous by the way um and of course my mother's 80 years old she has alzheimer's she's had a heart attack and right a, a major heart attack and a massive stroke um but she's doing really well right now um and her doctor said well your mother seemed to be it was a telemedicine visit she said your mother seemed to be doing well but i'm really worried about you she said i've never seen you this strong and I hugged my head and like tears came to my eyes. It was a really tough time. And as a caregiver, you know, I feel like we are always, yeah, I, I get it. I, I, I applaud you for doing that with your group. And I applaud every member of that group because even going to a group 
in support of caregiving can sometimes feel cause you to feel guilty, right? Like, no, I need to be focused on in, in, on, on the one that needs care, right? Like almost all the time. Um, I, I know it's difficult because I'm like, I don't want to complain. You know, she's my mother. And so as a result, you know, you kind of, you know, kind of try to suck some stuff up. But the truth be told, we are all dancing as fast as we can, right? We are all figuring this out. I mean, I, I look at it, I'm like, you know, I, we don't know what we're doing. You know, I, I, she's never had Alzheimer's before and I've never been the called caregiver of a mother with Alzheimer's, yep. right? I always but say she, you never asked to do this job. That's exactly right, right? Um, and my, uh, I mean, my grandmother had it. So my mother was her caregiver. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and truth be told, when she was diagnosed, I remember the doctor turned to me and said, and how old are you? Because this is hereditary along gender lines. And I was like, oh no, I can't have it because I don't have a daughter. So I don't have anybody to take care of me. So I can't have it. <laughs> I can't have it. Um, but yeah, I think that that's a, that's a real aspect of this. We beat ourselves up. We're, we second guess a lot. We're not, we're not certain if everything is, is right. Um, but you know what? We're doing it. Right. And you can only do the best that you can. I mean, I feel, I feel for caregivers because they are, you know, the social workers, they are trying their best in this unknown. And they say like, once you've met someone with Alzheimer's, you've met one person with Alzheimer's, right? Like they're, it's, it's not something that you can kind of compare. And when my grandmother got diagnosed, she, I was in denial for at least three years, you know, I would just be like, oh, she's so cute. She's, She's so forgetful, you know, it must be the stress from grandpa dying and you kind of, you believe your own, your own yeah. truth, right? Your own yeah. stories that you tell, but, um, something that I forgot to tell you before when we were on the phone is, uh, when we were talking is you said that you guys were dancing this morning. So yes, indeed. I, I hope you got a video I so you, I want you, I want to encourage you to, to record yourself with your mom, because okay. I have some videos of my grandmother, or I recorded um, when she left the voicemails that didn't yeah. really make sense. And I could hear her decline, but when I want to hear her voice, I have them. And, oh. you know, this morning is beautiful and you'll always have it, but, you know, learning from the mistakes that I made, yeah. I want to encourage you to record those times because as the caregiver, you think, well, this is their decline, right? And it's not them, it's a new them, but it is them and it's your time with them. So yeah, thank just, you. Bless you for, for sharing that. I, I will tell you, um, I, uh, I adore my mother, but I, um, in the dictionary next to, uh, the term daddy's girl, there was a picture of me with my father. Um, I, I, I mean, he was like the rising of the sun to me. And when he passed very suddenly, a friend said to me, you know, make certain that you download any voicemails that you have. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. 
And, and, and it was, a lot of it was because of the, at, so when my father passed, my mother had a cardiac episode because it was, you know, they were married for 50 years. Um, and so just in the issue of trying to plan his funeral by myself and taking care of her in the hospital at the same time, I, I just kind of lost it, um, the, the opportunity to, to save that voicemail. I, but I will tell you that for a while, I just would play it over and over and over again. Right. So I still know it. I, I know it for by heart. And I, I love that you share that and that you share that with your listeners. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. It's such a beautiful story. I, I love hearing. Uh, I love hearing about people's past. I love hearing about their their present, even about even sometimes like their struggles. Right. And because it, it makes us who we are today. And it, make, and it makes us realize that fabulous women like yourself, Micheline, yourself. You're, you're not perfect. Oh, you're not perfect. perfect. Oh my. Let me what? tell you something. Um, not only am I not perfect, but I, you know what will tell you that is my waistband because COVID weight <laughs> is real. And so for me right now, I'm just like, why can I not fit anything? Uh, no, seriously. Um, you know, when I look back over, I'm, I'm, I was just sharing with you about my father's um, passing. Uh, you know, I, I went through losing my father, um, losing, then losing my sister, um, and I lost a best friend to suicide in between. And she was a fantabulous woman who was top of her game, right? Um, making the world go round. And all the light that she gave out just could not reach her. And it was really a story of making someone else a priority when they've only made you their option. And so the lack of feeling loved. And, and as a result, she, she you know, opted to go that route. And um, when I think about the amount of pain that she must have been in, mm-hmm. and one of my, I'm talking about was in my wedding. Listen, took my husband the divorce papers to sign, close friends, right? <laughs> um, and so, you know, we go through those things, life happens. Um, and we don't always bounce back as swiftly or as, as you know, definitely as we'd like, but we need to give ourselves grace. I used to say all the time, I'm the queen of mistakes. I wear a crown. I really do have little crowns in my home and in my home office. Um, absolutely. Because I wanted, I always wanted to make certain that my teams understood that in order to, to, for them to bring their best selves your whole self is not perfect. And you can't have an environment that fosters creativity and innovation and not have one, have a low tolerance for, you know, and then have a low tolerance for risk, right? And in order to, right, if you exercise risk, you make mistakes. And your listeners know what I'm talking about because they were married to that guy. Yeah, he was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Or they wore that dress that time. That was a mistake. That is not, don't empire cut, not for you, right? So everybody knows you know, what one feels like, what one seems like. And um, they wore those really cute shoes to that wedding. And before they said, I do, you wanted to take them off, right? We make little mistakes. And then quite frankly, we make large ones too, right? We took that job that we knew wasn't going to, you know, right? Wasn't going to, to feed our soul um, yes. and, and, you know, stayed in as long as we could and then decided I'm going to go live my passion. So I think that it's really important to show up and, and be able to, to talk about your mistakes, share your your, mis- your mistakes, um, uh, uh, because I, I think that it frees others to do the same and Absolutely. to know that, baby, we all fall down. It's about the getting back up. 
Right, right. And it's a, you know, I, I, if, if you follow me on social media, I am always posting last week, I posted with the gray hair after three weeks. Okay. Cause I get my hair dyed every three weeks. Thank you, mother. Um, wow. And I circle the gray or like, I'll have something in my teeth and I'll circle it and I'll post it. Cause I'm like, you know, every time people see me, they're always like, I don't know how you do it all. I'm like, do what? (laughs) Do what? I'm not doing anything. Like I'm not changing the world here. Right. And I say that in, in sarcasm because I'm not, I'm helping who's in close proximity of me. Right. I'm not some like international, I mean, national star that's, you know, feeding the hungry. So we can all be that person. We just have to speak out about our passions and what we believe in and, you know, not just speak out, but actually do something about it. So, um, but I will say you have been so I saw you speak in 2017 okay I looked back at my oh my god did I reach out to Madrilene the first time 2017 you spoke at the Morris County Chamber (sighs) and the women in business program which I did not want to any be a part of for a story I will not go into but nevertheless you I went up to you I heard your story you were absolutely amazing till this day you are my favorite speaker oh (laughs) you are we have our we have a speaker um I don't know if you know Barry Rafferty Uh CEO she was the CEO of Ketchum and then now she's um going she's in Wells Fargo and she's talking about her story to pivot on Friday and I was just thinking so now I'm the vice co-chair of the program Talk about not getting, not even joining the chamber. Okay. (laughs) And your story resonated with me so much. There was something about it. Just, I think, and as you're talking now, I think it's just the fact that you are, and as soon as I got on the call, I was like, you look fabulous. You are fabulous. Like you are just fabulous, (laughs) Micheline. Number one, first and foremost. And number two is like, you're my type of woman. Like you are just real through and through. Like you're just amazing. But like, if you trip, you won't pretend you didn't trip. You will announce the fact that you tripped. <laughs> Every and single time. Love it. Love Somebody it. Somebody saw people say, and said, did you see me all small? Did you see me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you believe that? Only me. Like, no, Only no I didn't see it. I'm like, oh, you should have seen it. <laughs> Yeah. So first of all, thank you for your kind and generous words. That, that that really is very, very touching to me. And it means the world. Like, know that. Know that. I never take that for granted. I, I remember what was so interesting about, about that um, uh, uh, talk um, was, you know, the audience um, response was really very touching. And I remember meeting you too, and then utilizing your services uh, and then recommending you to like everybody. Um, I love, love, love um, just everything that, that you did with the Goldberg Group and, and just, oh my goodness, I, 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 I cannot recommend you more highly. I really oh. cannot. Oh, I can't. But trust me, I, I mean, you, you've had my closest girlfriends. 
Like mm-hmm. I, I literally wanted them to, 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 to work with you. And then, um, you know, it was so interesting. I remember the fact that there were men in the audience and um, folks lined up and people, clearly this is pre-COVID and the folks were like, you know, can I hug you? And I was like, oh, you want to? <laughs> it was super sweet. It was super sweet. Um, and I remember one man like had tears in his eyes and I was like, oh honey, what's wrong? And he was like, your story, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> You know, it's like, I'm just living life. You know, what was fantastic about that time was the fact that I actually had gone through like the biggest heartbreak of like my, yeah, like since my divorce, I was married long, long, long time ago and, and like divorced in 2009. And so um, that was like my first like, like real love opportunity after that and had a completely broken heart. <gasps> you would have never known. And I went there because what always helps me is to take the focus off of me in order to be of service to others, right? And so it literally, I was just like, well, but when I say I, I, I dragged myself in there, I dragged myself in there. Like I was, oh my goodness. I was just like, thought he was the one. And I was like, oh no, I don't like you, right? So it was, <laughs> I just don't. I, you know, it, that people pretend to be a certain way, right? You know, um, and so I, I just, just be authentic with me all the time. And so I remember going in there and wanting to pour out because I felt so empty, actually. Like I felt so, yeah. And I always said, you know, the, the greatest way literally to take the power out of pain is to learn the lesson in the journey, but also, right, to be to literally be in service to other people. And so I left lighter. So thank you, thank you to the Morris Allen Chamber of Commerce. And thank Aww, you. Thank you. Stay tuned for our next episode.